The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. The Bills backups lose to the Jets in this rainy Week 17 matchup 13-6. But, more importantly, the Patriots lose to the Dolphins and the Chiefs beat the Chargers, forcing the Patriots to play their first wildcard weekend game since 2009. Hello everyone, welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and we are recording this Week 17 episode at the DeLago Casino and Resort. We are going to discuss today's loss. We'll go over our thoughts on the game, some stats of the game, our plays of the game, and as always, our Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers with some help from our amazing followers on Twitter. Also, we are going to announce our Bruce Smith autographed signed football giveaway at the end of this episode, so stay tuned for that. And I'm joined by my co-host. I'm joined by normal co-host John. John, good to talk to you. Hey, Nate, how's it going? It's going well, man. Good to be here. It's good. <laughs> it's good. It's good to have you. And uh, we're also talking to our special guest co-host, Voiceover Nick. Voiceover Nick, how's it going? I don't know how I feel about you suggesting that I'm abnormal <laughs> as opposed to your normal co-host, <laughs> but uh, but I, but I suppose it's good to be here. All right, <laughs> uh, so. Um, we're going to actually speaking of giveaways, you know, we we did this thing where we were talking about Apple Podcast reviews, and one of the reviews mentioned Voiceover Nick, so I, I we, we're going to talk about that one later. Go over some reviews and discuss that along with the giveaway. But um, you know, going into this game, the Bills had the fifth seed in the postseason for the AFC. Um, they had that locked down a couple of weeks ago um, after they beat the Steelers and it lost to the Patriots, and now the Bills are the fifth seed um, and. The Patriots will be the third seed going into the playoffs. So what's kind of exciting about that is, like I mentioned before, the the Patriots are going to be playing in a game that they normally aren't playing in, which, John, I think you had mentioned that uh, before we started recording that the Patriots don't do nearly as well when they're playing in a wild card weekend. Like their, their, their record is almost 500, right? Yeah, I don't remember exactly the numbers, but I think it was 500-ish and... Obviously, when they had the bye week, it was like an astronomical amount of wins versus losses. Yeah, wins versus losses. So, like, almost oh, they're almost guaranteed to go to the Super Bowl 
basically when they have that first round bye, which is huge this week. So before we get into the Bills-Jets game, because it was kind of like a mediocre game. I mean, the Bills, it was basically the Bills backups for the most part during the game against the Jets team where the game didn't matter. The stakes weren't high for the Bills. Um, there wasn't a whole lot to really gain uh, from analyzing it too much. But I, I guess I'm going to start off with this question because I'm thinking about it now more and more now that we saw it. And we were, so what's really cool about being here at the Delago Casino Resort is we're watching the, the game and they have, you know, these huge TVs and a bunch of people here watching it, you know, in the, in the DraftKings Sportsbook here at Delago. And there was just, you know, a, a ton of people watching the Patriots Dolphins game, right? <laughs> and Fitzy in Fitz Magic fashion. you know, leads the Dolphins down from behind for that game-winning score. And um, the place erupted, which was really cool because you know there's a lot of Bills fans here, obviously. We're in, like, western central New York area. And it was it was kind of just cool to – because we weren't cheering a whole lot for the Bills game. There wasn't a lot of, you know, boos or yays. It was, the game didn't really matter, so you weren't really upset about anything bad that happened. And, you, you know, you're – clapping a little bit for, you know, the Duke Williams plays and a few other things, some sacks maybe. But, I mean, the stakes just weren't, the stakes didn't exist. There were no stakes. So, in saying that, if the Bills had won last week, and I hate to look backwards, but the Bills would be the third seed right now in the playoffs, and the Patriots would be the fifth seed. Like, do you ever look at that and say what could have been last week? Because the Bills were literally a you know, a drive away from tying it. Does, does it piss you off at all to see that happen? Or do you not care? It, it is what it is. No. It does not piss me off. Okay. okay. Uh, I, I think it's it's kind of, it's, it's the what if scenarios that it's like they weren't, it's not like they threw the game last week. They played the best that they could play at that particular time. Uh, was it perfect football? No. Was it good football? Yes. Was it could have been a little bit better to just nudge up over the edge and get a victory, but that's not what happened. And there's no use, there's no strategic aspect of they're like, oh, we're going to go easy and because it doesn't matter if we beat the Patriots or not. It's like, no, we want to beat the Patriots. Mm -hmm. So they put up their best, their best foot forward and this is what happened. Yes, it's crazy that they get beaten by the Dolphins this week, but I think that, you know, Fitz is, you know, he's a Buffalo Bill down at heart and knows that it helps, helps the, the, the <laughs> Buffalo team mm -hmm. if he can, uh, knock, knock them down a peg and make Brady get hit a whole, a whole week's worth of hitting. Yes. <laughs> that he wasn't expecting while they're, you know, going to change his blood out that week, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with that 100%. I mean, you could say that about any game. You know, if they just won this game or this one play happened or whatever, but they're at where they are now and, uh, going to Houston. Yeah, on to Houston. And why do you got to be a killjoy? I, I don't. I'm let not. It, being, let us enjoy this. <laughs> I I can't help but think about it. You know, and one of those people that like looks looks back in hindsight every once in a while. Yeah, but it's like, look yeah. at look at what we were thinking of when we came in. We weren't expecting the Patriots to lose to the Dolphins, so we just got a little cherry on top of I'm, them them having an extra game to play. So I think I think all in all, feeling pretty good. I'm I'm happy that the Patriots are where they are because I want them to play that extra game, like you mentioned, an extra game of getting banged up, the potential for injury, not that you hope for that, but the potential for starters to get injured that you wouldn't have throughout the entire season. Or, you know, you never know, especially we're talking about the sixth seed being, and at this point, while we're recording this, we don't know who the sixth seed will be. But, I mean, if it's the Titans or the Steelers, I mean, those are two decent teams that have the potential to possibly knock off the Patriots. 
I mean, the Titans have looked a lot better as of late. I mean, you looked at the Bills just barely beat them, and that was a Mariota-led team that didn't have Ryan Tannehill at the helm. Um, and I think this is it's it's, it's going to be interesting. I'm very glad that the Patriots do have to play in the wild card uh, weekend. It's just you know I can't help but think you know man like the Bills were so close they 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 almost had it within their grasp and and let's get into this next point that I want to talk about for today's game. Um, kind of tying into that is going into the week. You know I ran this poll on Twitter where I was saying you know if you were if you had control of the Bills, would you rest your starters or would you would you rest all of your starters or would you um, play your offensive starters? Because as far as I was concerned, the defense could have sat the whole game. They proved themselves week in, week out this season. They had nothing left to prove um, except potentially getting injured. But the offense, in my opinion, which wasn't the majority, I think it was like I think it was like 79 to 21% in favor of sitting everyone. So... Um, the 21%, which I was in that minority, was thinking, well, the Bills offense has looked pretty stagnant the last three weeks. It'd be nice for them to, you know, go into the the postseason with some momentum. And they didn't. <laughs> they didn't look that good. I believe they had two punts. One was a three and out. Um, let's see. Nope, they were both three and outs. Never mind. <laughs> and just looking at the drive summary here. And so then I'm left to wonder you know, after that, Matt Barkley went in and the Bills' second stringers on offense and defense started playing. And to me, I'm just kind of like, well, what, what the hell was the point of even playing your starters? Like, why, why even do that if you didn't go into the, the postseason with any momentum? You didn't gain anything by having them, having Josh Allen suit up. All you did was, you know, put the potential out there for him that he could have gotten injured. Now, I'm not saying that I wanted Allen to start the whole half or the entire first quarter, but I mean, two drives, it's like, I don't, I don't know what the point was. Um, and I guess that's what I'm kind of confused about. And, you know, I'm not trying to bring down this podcast with, you know, negativity, but I really question McDermott, who normally I don't question. So is, am I right in doing that? No, I don't think so. I mean, I I think it's just one of those things to where he's going to do what he's going to do. And if he felt like, like you said, if he felt like he wanted Allen to go through and, and hopefully spark some, something to leave the game on a good note, which he didn't. Uh, if, if that was his decision, that's that's what it is. I mean, you know, my opinion was I wanted them to sit the last half of the Patriots game because I didn't <laughs> want anyone getting injured because some Patriots always somehow injured someone important. Yeah. I mean, last time they played the Patriots, uh, Josh Allen got a concussion. Yeah. And uh, but but I you know, I, I think they, they should have sat everybody right from the get go. But, you know, it's it's not our call. <laughs> But it was kind of like one foot in the water, one foot out of the water. It's like, I'm kind of going to commit to it, but not really. Like I think he committed to it pretty well. And then when Levi Wallace went out, all of a sudden, you know, everyone's starting to come out. Although that supposedly had nothing to do with it. Supposedly. Supposedly. It really seems like the timing was, oh, we do have something that we can lose here, which is some good people. So let's make sure we get some of these guys out. So I think I think they were probably all in on probably playing the first quarter or half as though it's a real football game and then hoping to, to like I say, you know, have that spark of, of some offensive motion whatsoever. Uh, but then when the things got real, <laughs> but, but that's the thing, like that was always a real possibility. And then when it does happen, you're like, well, you know what, this, this whole reason why I suited everyone up, I'm just going to completely just 
toss the towel in. Yeah. Because which I get it, but that was that was always going to be an issue. That could have happened the first play. If the first play, you know, an offensive starter got injured, you're going to take the whole team off the field. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe they shouldn't have even st- dressed them. That's what I'm saying. I agree. Exactly. <laughs> so, so I guess I guess I didn't get it. we neither of us got what we wanted. Like you wanted them to say you didn't get that. I wanted them to start and pick up some momentum. They didn't get any of that. Right. So we're both we're all upset. Yes. Well, I'm not <laughs> upset. I'm still pretty happy. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I'm not happy. I mean, Levi Wallace got injured and Titan Seki got injured. And, you know, we're, I don't know. I, I guess, I guess I look back at that as, as a decision where I think he, in his mind, it made sense. Like, here, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do everything I just mentioned of why you would start the starters is probably part of his thought process. But probably as soon as like something negative, which, which was always possibility, that's the whole point of, not starting your starters is because they could get injured. So it happens. He's like, you know what? I, I fold. I'm, I'm. Yeah, which I think is the right move as well. It's uh, I made a call. We we did this, and it's not working out. Let's stop doing this. Well, no, the right call I think in this instance then would have been what you guys wanted, which was to not start the starters at all, or not play the starters at all, and that way um, nobody gets injured. That's what I think. Like, because I don't I don't like it. either either you didn't accomplish anything, you didn't get the offense going, and you didn't not get players injured. <laughs> so. So to me, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a big McDermott, you know, criticizer, but this, this, it, it, I bring his, you know, his commitment or his, his commitment to his decisions or his decision making into question with that. Um, you know, there were plays. I remember in the preseason, some guys didn't even play a snap in the preseason, which makes complete sense. You know, and I don't, I think these guys don't necessarily want to go into the postseason completely cold, not having to play for, you know, two weeks and then, you know, going in. I mean, you want to be on the ground running. And I know the Patriots usually do that. I mean, you remember a few few years ago when the Patriots had the first overall seed locked up and the Bills were under Doug Marone and they were playing against them. I mean, they, they brought Brady out for like either a quarter or a couple of drives too. You know, they didn't go anywhere. The Bills ended up winning that game, right? But... Um, I blocked that from my memory, I think. <laughs> they also didn't have to prove anything, though, because they were the first overall seed. Um, yeah, in that, that instance, too, though, they were already getting a bye week because they had the one seed. So by sitting all their players and have two weeks off, then I could see that, them True. wanting to play some of their players for at least a half. In the Bills situation, they have a pseudo bye week, and it would have been nice to just rest all the starters from the get go and, ha- and treat it like that, like all the like the first and second seed teams get it. Yeah, I, I think I would have been okay with that now, looking back at it. But I mean, part of me was hoping that they would, you know, at least get the offense into a rhythm. The offense looked pretty rough today. They they did practice some plays that they're not good at, like some screenplays. You know, it was basically like a practice opportunity. Of course, you're having a lot of the backups, you know, practice these plays. So what good does it really matter? But um, I don't know. I, I was plus the weather was garbage. The weather was garbage. So if so, taking that into account, you would think don't start anyone today. Well, Potential danger is that much greater, right? Dermot stopped taking my calls some time ago, so my opinion <laughs> didn't factor into <laughs> whether they should be playing in the rain and and whatnot. But you know, yeah, yeah. So we'll go into stats of the game later. But real quick, real quick quiz: Josh Allen was three for five today. Over under on yardage, fifteen yards. Over and under, John. Under. I'm going to go over. No, it's five yards under. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that I, crazy? I was just thinking, I was like, no, nah, I didn't see any, but maybe I was. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> There's there 95 TVs on and I had stimulation <laughs> overload. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're looking at everything at the same time. It's, it's yeah. 
It's hard, especially when the game it doesn't matter. So you're not really truly paying attention to the Bills game as much, especially when you see the Bucks game on, or especially the Patriots Dolphins game. We watched that a ton too. I mean, I think I kept the closest eye on that. I did keep an eye on the Kansas City game, knowing that if they won, that that, mm-hmm. that kind of locks down Houston. So yeah, you were kind of watching the score on that one. Yeah, but like, yeah, you watching the play by play because you because I'd be watching the Bills game, and you'd be like, yes, and I'd be like, wait, nothing happened. Isaiah McKenzie had a four yard run, <laughs> jet sweep run. You're like, yes, I'm like, oh, oh, okay, all right, the Dolphins are moving the football. So I don't know if I've ever had an experience of watching football in in this fashion, or whether it was. Literally the largest screens that I've ever seen with all of the games that you have to absorb all of the time. Yeah. It's, uh, I'll sleep well tonight. <laughs> I didn't even play football. I just watched it. I'm just, I'm exhausted. You feel like you're drained? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> like you, like you played a full four quarters. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I didn't get the sit down today. Uh, <laughs> I had to, I had to put some time in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Cool. So anyway, as far as the game goes itself, like I mentioned, the, uh, the actual starters only played for a few drives on both sides of the ball. And um, some of the starters, which I thought played well into the game, which maybe shouldn't have, but maybe you don't have players to really put in instead of them. I mean, I would have rather not seen Ed Oliver play into the third and fourth quarter. Um, at one point, I saw that they had Isaiah McKenzie playing cornerback, <laughs> which we thought was pretty cool, pretty creative. Hey, why not? Dude, I don't care. You can have Isaiah McKenzie play cornerback. Just don't have, you know, another guy go down. Just don't have Kevin Johnson go down or whatever. I mean, guys like, you know, very important guys like Tredavious White were um, were inactive today. Um, I don't have the whole list on me, but I know John Brown, Cole Beasley were inactive today. Dawson Knox was inactive. Shaq Lawson was inactive. And um, it was basically, besides Tredavious White, it was the first team defense on the first few drives which is pretty crazy to see but again you know maybe just trying to get some reps in before um the postseason but you know i mean you know i I was kind of complaining about mcdermott but how nice is this that you know we have this sort of discussion because you guys and i were watching the screen the telecast and they're talking about you know who gets the sixth seed you know the titans get it if this happens the um Pittsburgh. The Steelers get it if this happens, and then you know the, the Raiders get it if this, 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 and this happens. It's like and four paragraphs <laughs> of things that need to happen. <laughs> it's like it's like a uh, need a blood red moon. <laughs> what are those charts that are all logical? Or is like if this then then that happens, and the arrows and logic charts, flow yeah, charts, flow charts, yeah, whatever flow chart. There was like if this happens and that happens, and like if something in the NFC happens, like they make like what. <laughs> You didn't think those games mattered, but apparently they do um, for that. So it was just nice to to be a Bills fan, in my opinion, and watch this game and just enjoy it as opposed to, you know, being an Oakland Raiders fan and hoping you somehow just miraculously get in, which is where we've been for, you know, 18 of the last 20 years. <laughs> it was really nice. I mean, it, it was actually kind of a pleasant game to watch because, you know, you've got the the, the – the non-starters making a real game of it against the Jets, the Jets starters. And it's just like, what's happening? Why are they doing so well? They should have been blown out. <laughs> I know. And yet they still, they, they stuck with it and, and very realistically probably could have, could have done some things if they were a little more clever, but it's like, well, why bother? Why bother? You don't want to show too much. You don't want right. to expose yourself too much. Use that one trick play that might work against the Patriots when you need to get it. Yeah. And uh, why show that during a, a game that doesn't matter? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, there was a, this was, a, I mean, I was pretty impressed. Minus probably the offensive line for the second unit. I thought that the 
Um, the second stringers looked pretty decent defensively. I mean, think about it. They held the, they held the Jets at 13 points. Like, that's yeah. pretty good. The Jets' first stringers, like, these guys are actually playing. These guys are playing for next season, their next contract, their next free agent visit, possibly getting released, possibly getting traded. I mean, these guys, just like the Dolphins beating the Patriots, they wanted to ball out so that they could look really good on tape for for you know the the 2020 season so they played really well and you know the bills defense so it just 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 looked really good minus a few plays where you know the jets ended up scoring um you know i i thought some of the some of the backups looked pretty good um i thought you know uh, specifically like jaquan johnson who was i believe a six round pick of this last season so rookie this season he had that interception that was taken away because of kirk coleman blowing up Le'Veon bell but otherwise uh you know it was cool to see some of these players obviously duke williams had a really good game. That was game. fun to watch. Yeah. And he and he was enjoying himself too, which is you know, that's something that's great to see. You know, he's making plays and he's just, you know, just into it. And it's it's awesome. Love it. Yeah. Great story, man, in general. Just a guy that, you know, didn't didn't take advantage of his first opportunity in the NFL, went to the CFL, looked really good. And, you know, he came into um, the Bills and, you know, he he tried really hard. He played really well in the preseason, throughout training camp. You know, ended up getting released, but getting signed back onto the practice squad. Ended up getting called to the active roster. Then he was inactive for pretty much the whole season since the Titans game, I believe. And then, you know, this is the first week. And and he said, really cool, um, if you're not following us on, on Twitter, please do. We are at CTW Pod. That's like Circling the Wagons Pod. And I retweeted a quote where he was talking about, you know, being inactive. People were asking him, you know, what his thoughts were on finally – or finally getting a chance after being inactive, was he upset or frustrated being inactive? And he said, no, because, you know, I do all of my work in the dark. So when I come into the light, I shine, which was a pretty cool quote. And it just goes to show you that that's the reason why I can see McDermott and this coaching staff keeping him on because of that mentality and that sort of culture that he buys into the system. And that's what McDermott and uh, the coaching staff had have kind of brought into uh into buffalo he's a freddie jackson type of a guy who's just like you know didn't really have any of the benefits of, of a lot of different things and just really just worked and worked and worked and worked until he found a place that embraced him and he was you know very productive you know is is that is that going to be duke williams in the in the coming years like does he continue to be on the team like it'd be really interesting to see yeah because he's got the i mean uh, the size i mean just the fact that you have a, a receiver with size like that is really nice so i'm i'm pulling for him yeah, I wonder if they find a role for him in the playoffs. I mean, listen, like you have first of all, you have Matt Barkley throwing to him, right? And uh, which, which I think we'd all agree is a step below Josh Allen at this point. I mean, we love Matt Barkley, but he's not Josh Allen. He just doesn't have the arm. Um, and and I'm looking at this, and I'm like, Duke Williams were was, um, and they were force feeding him the ball. It seemed like I felt like they were trying to because he did have 12 targets on today's game and the next closest was tommy sweeney with five targets so they were definitely using him as that like number one wide receiver role and he showed up he had six receptions for 108 yards i mean this guy looked good i mean how many i mean what are you really gaining by and i, and I like isaiah mckenzie but he's not he's not even like i mean if he's a gadget player i mean he's nowhere near the talent of like a percy harvin or whoever else you might see in that role as like that really great um quick small receiver that can you know run the ball or you know take short yardage plays and and just break off long runs like he's i don't think he's that kind of guy so i I mean i guess in your 
in your guys' opinion, I don't know about you guys, I feel like you have to make room for Duke Williams, you know, to be on the team and find a, a spot for him in the postseason based on what he's shown. He hasn't disappointed since he's been on the team. I guess I guess I'm just wondering, I'm curious, what is it gonna take for them? to finally, you know, elevate Duke Williams to the active roster and should they do it in the postseason? I think, um, well, for one, I think McKenzie's a little more versatile. You, know, you can play special teams and today even play defense. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know if you can have them both active. I guess it depends on the other positions. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could just be based on game plan, like the team they're playing, which, which player might have better matchups. I think he definitely, you know, I think he brings that height, that aspect, which is something that we definitely don't have. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at you look at Brown, you look at uh, Beasley; they're not tall, and so especially for a quarterback like Allen, who who does put some zip on the ball and has been known to be a, a little bit high sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think there's a huge opportunity uh, if if. Duke were given the chance, I think he has a huge opportunity that he could really, he could really shine, shine that way. <laughs> <Shine. laughs> <laughs> um, but, but then again, you know, we don't, we don't see the day to day of what's going on. And, and uh, I'm sure the coaches have their own opinions about, you know, whether he's at that level right now or he was, you know, put him in, get him some time on the field during a, you know, non consequential perspective. And he almost had some amazing plays like that, almost had that one hander, yep. uh, which would have really added to the, to the stats. But, uh, but I'd like to see him out there for sure. So you'd like to see, I mean, Maybe I'm, you know, I'm talking Isaiah McKenzie. Maybe it's Robert Foster. You make an active or somebody because I feel like you have to get this guy on the field. You have you have a fast, speedy guy like Isaiah McKenzie in Cole Beasley. Maybe not to the same extent, but like Robert Foster does special team. I don't know. It's you. I feel like you have to find a way to get him on the field because think of the you know receiving core you could have with Duke Williams. Now you have your tall guy that can you know play contested balls. You have John Brown. You have your speedster. You have your all-around receiver in John Brown. Then you have Cole Beasley, your underneath guy, your guy that can go across the middle. I mean, there's this leaves you so much more than just Isaiah McKenzie or Robert Foster, guy, guys that get... I mean, McKenzie had five targets today, and he was basically the starter, you know? Like, I mean, what does that say? Either they're not finding they're not finding him, or he's just not open, or they, I, they just need to find somebody and make him inactive <laughs> and make room for Duke Williams to be in on some plays. I'm not saying it has to be on every snap. I'm not saying he has to be on three wide receiver sets. Um, they just need to get him into the into the game somehow because before they could always use the example or they could always use the excuse, well, it's the preseason. He's playing. He's doing really well against, you know, the, the Colts second teamers or third teamers or whatever. However, he was doing well in the preseason. They had an excuse for it. Now, today, with Matt Barkley throwing him the ball, Against the Jets versus Stringers, you don't have that excuse anymore. He had an amazing game. For guys that were trying, you know, I, the Jets don't have a great secondary, at least in in their cornerbacks. But still, I you can't look, you can't take that game. It wasn't like he had a, like a a five for fifty five stat sheet, and you're like, oh, that's pretty good. Like that's that's a that's a respectable number. It was six for one hundred eight. Well, yeah, and you you can see the hustle that he had too. Even after he catches, like he's still he's fighting for every yard, and and really, you know, you could tell. And then you see the celebration afterwards too. And he, oh yeah, he knows it. So so I think there's an enthusiasm that's that's uh, that's also a positive on the on the overall team because you see a guy who's fighting that hard. I mean, you see it with the Josh Allen stuff. You know, during that fourth down that he fumbled and and still picked up the ball and got the first down, and everyone's like, yes, yes, that's yeah. the guy we want on the team. And I think I think he's another one of those types of guys that he's gonna. He's going to put it all out there. Mm-hmm. So, I guess if he doesn't start for the postseason, and oh, if- fire them all then. <laughs> all mean, the coaches gone, gone. See, ya. well, it, it really 
brings into question like some of these decisions. And I don't know if this is a Sean McDermott decision or Brian Dable decision or a combined decision, but I feel like it's the wrong decision now. If you don't make him active in the postseason, like you're just you're making the wrong decision and you're doing it based on <laughs> something that's you see behind the scenes that we don't see and maybe just wrong data, incorrect data, because I think that you have to find a way to get this guy in the field. And what better time than the postseason? People I don't have enough tape on him. This is a perfect time to pull out a TJ Yeldon or a Duke, Duke Williams that, you know, a guy that we don't have 16 games of tape on. And I think that's something interesting you bring up too about TJ Yeldon because he kind of got the similar opportunity today to where he got some more looks, he got to do some more things, but he wasn't nearly as dynamic or effective as, as Duke was. So if you have to give me a choice, is it going to be TJ Yeldon or is it going to be Duke Williams? I'm going to say Duke. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, you have to, you have to, you have to choose. If you have to choose those two, that's definitely yeah. going to be not even a. And especially with Josh Allen as being the quarterback, you know, someone tall like that that can go up for a jump ball is, is, would be huge yeah. for him to get some rapport with. Uh, I mean, he's already got rapport with Beasley and, and Brown, but, you know, getting someone who has that size advantage is going to be. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great. Especially, especially a guy who has slightly better hands than like even like a Dawson Knox who's had an issue with drops this season. Right. He's a big say. guy. He's a big guy. And, you know, he gets open. And sometimes he drops them in key situations. I haven't seen Duke Willie. Uh, he well, did have a drop today. He did have a couple of drops today. One couple, was pretty bad. One was pretty bad. One was, would you say, Dawson Knox-esque? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how that's how bad it was. But, like, it wasn't all game. You know, like I said, 12 targets, 6 receptions. So, obviously, there were, you know, some drops in there, too. But um, Does he look that way with Allen throwing to him? He's got a little more zip on it. Who people good. have to adjust to, to catching Allen's balls because... They uh, they're coming fast. They they are, and you just kept going with that one. <laughs> it didn't get any better. Just did no, no. Wow, no out there. <laughs> I saw you cringing. You're like, I shouldn't have said that, and then I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna finish it off, <laughs> finish it off. So, but yeah, there was. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> you just have to. Um, Love the analysis that we give on Circling the Wagons. Um, <laughs> top tier. <laughs> top tier. No uh, junior high school humor. Um, I love you guys. So there was, I guess, I guess you know, enough about Duke Williams. I mean, he is a fan favorite, and there's a reason. You know, some people, some players are fan favorites for, like, the fact that we just don't like the people ahead of them, right? I mean, think about all the quarterbacks we've had and all of the, like, Nick, you talked about this, and a lot of our listeners haven't been listening for two or three years, but you came on before we were part of Buffalo Rumblings, and you said that the Buffalo Bills quarterbacking for the last 20 years has been, um, what did you call it? Garbage. Um, <laughs> what was that psychology term that you said it was uh, um Whose box? Is that oh, Schrodinger's box. Schrodinger's box. Because we constantly had new quarterbacks, and you just don't know what you're going to get. Is that cat alive or dead in that box? Yeah. And uh, and actually, I, I noted this down, you know, this being at the end of the year. One of the things that I think is really interesting with Allen is uh, he almost had in the exact same scenario that we had with uh, Trent Edwards to where, what was it, four or five games in, gets a concussion, is never the same guy ever oh, yeah. again. Oh, yeah. Whereas I was really worried. When Allen got his concussion, almost very similar fashion, they they were winning, and uh, but he came back and was like the anti-Trent Edwards, and actually used that as a learning scenario as opposed to just sucking, yeah, and uh, or yeah, turtling and just or turtling, yeah, because his game changed oh, yeah. for sure after that concussion. There's oh, yeah. a very marked difference between the way he was playing, and then he goes, oh, these guys hit hard. <laughs> 
(laughs) We should probably not have that happen as much. Whereas Edwards was just like, what did he turn into? Captain Checkdown, I think was his uh, Trinity of Edwards. Oh, that was a good one. (laughs) Hey, Captain Checkdown, we're not looking for Tom Brady, just a better Kelly Holcomb who throws further than a lady without arms. But but I think that's that's probably the most most in line in terms of quarterbacks that we've had over the last 20 years where Edwards were like, yeah, this is our guy. And then he wasn't. Yeah. And yeah. then we'd had a lot of false starts with, with all these other, other people coming through and just, it just feels, feels a little different this time. Yeah. With Schrodinger's cat of quarterbacks before it was just like every quarterback that wasn't, that wasn't the starter was like the one, <laughs> like, right. you, like, like Jeff tool, like Jeff tool was there. Cause we didn't either like Tyrod or Fitzpatrick or whoever. Right. Like how many quarterbacks did we go through that? Like, uh, it was just, it's insane. Kelly Holcomb. Like, I mean, we could name uh, a million. Let's not, but the thing about, I guess <laughs> John wants to, John's holding back. Thank you. Thank you for not going. We're happy today. We don't need to bring those up. <laughs> well, we're happy that they're not on the team. Matt Liner. No, I don't know. I don't know. So, so, but like, look at this on, the 20th anniversary of Flutie Flakes. <laughs> there was, I don't know, we're old. <laughs> 20th. So, but, but the thing about Duke Williams is, though, he's not the Schrodinger's cat of um, wide receivers because we like the wide receivers we have. We just think he adds to that. You know what I mean? It's not like, well, Duke Williams performed and we don't like John Brown. We don't think he's good. Like, we like John Brown. Right. We it's think they're extra compliment. It's an, exactly, which makes me think even more that this guy should be a starter because he's not a replacement. He's not an unknown quantity or, you know, I mean, even after this game, he's still an unknown quantity in the NFL because it is the Jets. It's not like you're playing against the Patriots with Josh Allen, you know? So, we still don't know how he will per- perform at the next level with Josh Allen as a starting quarterback against a legitimate playoff team, but um, we like him anyway. That w- that was my point. I always liked your analogy for Schrodinger's cat for the quarterbacks, and and it's just un- this isn't the case with Duke. Williams. We like him because we think he's good, and we think he can help. And I think a lot of Bills fans are feeling the same thing. That's why they're always you know pushing for Duke Williams, and why so many people. I mean. I mean, this this was like, I just tweeted that video with a quote and it had like 500 likes. You know, it's like, it was just that many people liked. I mean, it's, I mean, I, we put out amazing content on NCTW Pod, right? I mean, it's got, that's got nothing to do with, you know, but, but I mean, this was so simple. And people were just like, yeah, I like Duke. So I'm going to like it. You know, it's just. Again, I think, I think it's reminiscent to a, a Freddie Jackson type of a guy. He's a journeyman, hard worker, hard worker blue collar. Is, you know, Buffalo's a blue collar town. That's, mm-hmm. that's what people connect with. And I think that's, that's, it's great. I mean, I think that's part of what makes the Bills great is you don't have a lot of the uh, splashy types of things. It's more of, you know, these guys are hard workers that may not have gotten all of the benefits of of other people that might have gone through and, and, uh, you know, they're ready. They're here to earn it. Yeah. Yeah. You could say the same thing, like about what's one of the reasons why it's so, like you mentioned, Josh Allen, like Josh Allen being rejected from 998 colleges, right? Yeah. You know, having to go to junior college and earn his way up every you know, every step of the way to get to where he was in the NFL. Like people appreciate that. People respect that hard work, especially a town like Buffalo, especially an area like, you know, like this, it's, it's very commendable and, you know, you can appreciate it. So anyway, enough about that. Um, there are any other themes of the game that you wanted to discuss? I think we hit the major ones. We can go into our nepotism, <laughs> nepotism. How so? Well, Zoe Alexander got to sing the uh, <laughs> national anthem. She did a wonderful job. <laughs> oh yeah, geez, hats off to uh, yeah she did, she did the national anthem. Yeah, Zoe is her name Zoe 
That's what it said on the screen. That's that would make sense. Lorenzo, Zoe. So he kind of named her uh, after after him. Yeah, clever. a little bit. Uh. So good, good job to her. Well done, well done. She's gonna make the Wall of Fame. We don't know. We'll go. We we'll don't go to, know. We don't know. She's she's she could be up for it. But oh yeah, we we can't not mention Lorenzo Alexander. Um, the Bills calling a timeout in the first quarter to send Lorenzo Alexander off the field um, and give him an actual you know send off for his season the 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 end of his career he's retiring after this season which seems apparent i didn't see anything specifically stating that but people had asked him was he going to retire is this the end of you know his career and he was kind of playing it off but when sean mcdermott you know call a timeout you know subbed him off the field this was the last game the bills being a fifth seed this is the last game that the bills will most likely play in buffalo unless john well if the the bills went out and let's say the sixth seed wins out, then we would host the AFC Championship game. Yeah, so in the in the very, very likely event that that happens, <laughs> that the Bills and the Titans or whoever else just plow through the Ravens, the Patriots, the Chiefs. Um, I feel like a plane crash is going to happen somewhere in there for this to happen. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of things that have to happen for that. So, um, And hopefully McDermott won't waste a timeout in that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he already did it. That's why he took care of it today, so he wouldn't have to do it later. <laughs> So that was cool. Congratulations to Lorenzo Alexander. Um, and I don't think he didn't get in his car and go home after that, like uh, like Vontae. Uh, Vontae Davis. There's a little bit of a difference there. Peace, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't think I would have been as mad at Vontae if he didn't just leave the stadium. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that. That was a whole podcast a year ago that we spent just trashing Vontae. But um, congrats to Lorenzo Alexander. Um, great career as a Bill. You talk about... Um, Nick, you were mentioning, you know, Duke Williams guys, Josh Allen guys earning their way. I mean, Lorenzo Alexander played for like eight different teams before he came to Buffalo, where and he was playing defensive tackle, he's playing linebacker, he's playing everything. And the guy comes here at like 34, 35 at the time, or whatever, 33, like, and just playing at a high level. Even this season, there were definitely, you know, sparks of him, you know, looking like the player he has looked last um, two or three years. So um, the guy playing. At, at a decently high level, calling it, you know, hanging up the towel after this season. And, you know, congratulations to him. And, um, you and know, we touched on that during the, uh, the documentary podcast of like, that's part of the reason why the town loves him. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We did. Nick was there for the entire, um, embedded season two review podcast that we did, um, in August when that whole series came out by the Buffalo Bills. Um, so that was, yeah. Yeah. Good call there. Well, it's easy for you to remember that stuff. That's the only podcast you've done since then. You know, I don't I'm, I'm only that. allowed on the podcast outside of regular season, I think, is the uh, the rule that you put down. Only when it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, that's right. You were much meaner about it. Than <laughs> Notice how I haven't so, asked you for any regular season game that matters. So I'm going to go from uh, being called voiceover Nick to no stakes Nick. <laughs> Not mattering Nick. You can <laughs> Again, you took it a little bit. <laughs> Uh, uh, I'll, the, I'll stop there because you're on my right home. The, <laughs> oh, man. So, all right, let's go into our stats of the game for today's loss. Um, Passing-wise, Matt Barkley was 18 for 35, 232 yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. So Matt Barkley didn't look great today, but was passing like crazy. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, it's Matt Barkley playing with a second-string offensive line. So um, not that he looked great when the Bills were playing the Patriots after Josh Allen, that concussion. But, I mean, he wasn't preparing for that game. So, um, 
I still like Matt Barkley. Not much to take out of that, obviously. Like I mentioned, Josh Allen, three for five, five yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Leading rusher for the Bills today. Guess what? The, guess who the leading rusher was for the Bills today? Take a guess, John. Frank Gore. Frank Gore. Nick. I think Frank Gore. Frank Gore. Eh. Isaiah McKenzie. <laughs> two two carries for thirty yards. See. You wouldn't suspect it, right? This is why I didn't want to bet on the game. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mackenzie's playing cornerback and running back. and It was raining. Was he the kicker, too? <laughs> you have to look at the weather before betting because luckily we didn't bet on any games. But we talked a lot about the Bills game. The Bills were one-point favorites. And I was like, I actually was going Jets that way. I was actually rooting for the Jets. John didn't like that. And then we were looking at the over-under was 36 and a half points. And John's like, well, we got to take the over. And I'm like, ah, maybe. I was pushing that way. If we were going to make a bet, it was going to be the Bills over 36 and a half points. And the Bills score, and the, the point total for the game was 19. <laughs> yeah, if it, yeah, if it wasn't for the rain, then. Because like, I figured with all the backups in, right, then. Blame it on the rain. The Jets, the Jets first team offense the, would do better against their backups, Don't right? you ever use a Milli Vanilli. <laughs> No matter how good the song, no matter how catchy, no matter how much it's going to be in my head later. The look on John's face, though, is worth it because you still haven't connected what that is, have you? <laughs> I, I, I connected the dots after Nate uh, you, you, might, you might be too young. You might be too young. Ah, he's my age. He's my age, Millie Vanilli. John's more into – John is 90s alternative only. He has not listened to a song out of 2000 <laughs> on – so the last twenty years, I mean, he's been he's been still stuck on what Pearl Jam, um, Nirvana, um, Toad in the Wet Sprocket, <laughs> all the all the great bands of the '90s uh, grunge era, um, which I got to admit is one of my favorite eras. Um, so, anyway, Milli Vanilli. I don't know how we got onto that, but uh, we're blaming it on the ring. <laughs> <laughs> nice way to circle that. Way to circle. Hey, let's circle back. So we circle the wagons circle here. Circle the wagons here. <laughs> Isaiah McKenzie, leading rusher, two carries, 30 yards. Frank Gore, six carries for 26 yards. TJ yelled. So Frank Gore actually had a decent game yards per carry-wise, 4.3 yards per carry, which if you listen every week, we talk about these stats um, post-game, and you know Frank Gore is normally in the 1 to 1.5 range. Um, just doing you know what Frank Gore does, and um, you know he had a good game today. Let's do a goal line. Up the gut with Frank Gore. Yeah, what's the, let's not bang him to the outside though. I don't think we should ever do that. Never, ever, never call that play. Part of the things about knowing your team is knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are. Right. Frank Gore's in. Just run up the middle. Run up the middle. <laughs> let's not complicate it. You know, or leave him in. You know. Yeah. Um, T.J. Yeldon had seven carries for eighteen yards, two point six yards per carry. So not a great game running the ball by T.J. Yeldon. Um, in his defense, he didn't really get the first team offensive line, whereas Frank Gore had the first team offensive line. He was with the first team starters um, for most of the game. So, um, receiving wise, we talked already about Duke Williams, six receptions for 108 yards, 12 targets. Tommy Sweeney, the next leading receiver, five receptions for 76 yards on five targets. Um, Tommy Sweeney looked pretty good today. You know, I mean, I thought he had a, he had a little case of the dropsies earlier this year and into the preseason, but not today. Five for five. Um, TJ Yeldon, which is one of the best reasons to have TJ Yeldon on your roster is as a pass catching running back. He had three receptions for 24 yards on four targets. Um, Frank Gore got into the, into the mix, three receptions for 16 yards for Frank Gore. And, uh, if you're looking for defensive stats, I mean, Trent Murphy had a heck of a game, you know, still, I mean, as much as you want to say about Trent Murphy, he was playing against first stringers. 
on the offensive side of the ball, even though he's not, you know, he's he's still technically a starter on the Bills. Two sacks today. Um, had a decent outing. Really, he was the only player from the Bills that had a sack today. Let's go into Steven Hauschka. He, he was two for two, kicking field goals today. His longest was a 29-yarder, so not a ton for that. Um, to go off of, let's go to the Jets stats. Sam Darnold, 23 for 36, 199 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, Le'Veon Bell rushing the ball, still against mostly second stringers. Um, this speaks to the depth, I think, of the Bills and and McDermott and Bean putting together such a good depth, um, such good depth as far as the defense goes, because Le'Veon Bell only had 16 carries for 41 yards. He was running at 2.6 yards per clip. And I mean, that's better than what they kept him to the first game. I want to say the first game was like four yards. So, I mean, they, they have, uh, I mean, it was a great game by the Bills defense. Um, receiving the ball, um, the Jets, uh, the leading receiver for the Jets, Jameson Crowder, eight receptions for 66 yards and one touchdown on 10 targets. Le'Veon Bell, second leading receiver, five receptions for 36 yards on five targets. And then from there, I don't know any of these people, so I'm not going to keep going. Ficken did some kicking. <laughs> Ficken. Ficken. Oh, you loved that. That was, uh, you were very proud of that joke while we were watching the game. Who's kicking? Thicken's kicking. Thicken kick. Thicken's missing, though. Two for four on those. He's not kicking well. He's not kicking well. <laughs> I got an interesting statistic for you. Yeah, go ahead. Zero percent of this matters. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. This podcast is not, like, all about stats that matter. All right, so. It's not about stats that matter. <laughs> go ahead. That's great. <laughs> well, Thicken be kicking. <laughs> You know, 47% of all stats are made up. Well, people can come up with statistics to prove anything, can't. 40% of all people know that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, so 60% of the time it works every time. So, so this, uh, some of the interesting stats of the game that I did mention earlier, just stats for the Buffalo Bills. Trent Murphy um, tallied his fourth sack of the season today with his two sacks. Frank Gore played in his 226th career game today, tying Emmett Smith for the most regular season games by a running back in NFL history, which is pretty cool. All right, well, um, we're going to take a quick commercial break. After that, we'll go into our plays of the game, our Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers, and also our um, Bruce Smith signed autograph football giveaway. So stick around and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. This is our recap show. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm with my co-hosts, John and Nick. And uh, we're going to go into our sweet, sassy, molassy plays of the game. I want to thank again for, uh, I want to thank um, the Delago Casino Resort um, again for having us today. It was a cool experience. It's always cool when we, when we come down here. And to be honest, before um, we talked with them, I'd never been down to this casino. The first time we did uh, was for the Bruce Smith interview um, that they asked us to do, which was so nice of them. And we, if by the way, if you haven't heard that, please check that out. Um, really cool um, interview 
with uh, the Hall of Famer, first overall pick, um, all the, all those things, all-time sack leader. And, um, again, you know, it was cool. I mean, I the, the food was great. The the people, I mean, the staff is is top-notch. On Sundays here, they, they all wear their uniform. I grew up in Giants and Jets territory, so clearly I was raised correctly. Dude, you that's impressive that you became – how did you become a – let's just talk about that real quick. How did you become a Bills fan? Because My aunt and uncle had uh, season tickets, and my – Father, no one in my household watched football. So when they would come down for like Thanksgiving or, or various other times, my uncle would throw on the game and I'm like, what is this? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and so he obviously, you know, indoctrinated me into the, into the Bills fold. And, uh, from, from there on out, those were the, you know, the glory days of, of Jim Kelly and, and all those guys. So I was there for the, the four Super Bowls and continued to be there afterwards. That's cool. That's cool that you didn't get influenced by your Jets and Giants friends. Though. Oh, they were all. Not good people. <laughs> Doesn't sound like they were friends then, I guess. <laughs> Just... Oh, no, they're great. <laughs> oh, I love them to death. I'd die for them. But... Die for them. <laughs> Best people I know. But um, <laughs> they're just awful human beings. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Sweet Sassy Molassie plays at the game. Sweet Sassy Molassie. Get out the checkbook and pay Grandma for the rubdown. I mean, geez, man. You got to stretch for this, I guess, because there weren't any touchdowns by the Bills. Um there were only a couple of huge defensive plays, I'd say, where, you know, those Trent Murphy sacks looked pretty good. Um, and I'm going to go with a play that actually didn't really truly happen. Um, but it was a Jaquan Johnson interception. And I'm going to say that, and it was called back by Kirk Coleman's stupid penalty where he, he just destroyed Le'Veon Bell and Le'Veon Bell wasn't even in the play. So it was called back, obviously, for that. Which, by the way, it was complete bullshit when, um, the, the Bills were, was it, uh, I can't remember who was running the ball, but they got a face mask against them, and then they called the play, am I thinking of that, is that, there was a play where, uh, there was a very clear face mask, face mask that they didn't call, that they didn't call, was that on Duke Williams, or, I might think have it was been? McKenzie, McKenzie, okay, it was McKenzie running the ball, and then like, they called offensive pass interference or something on the other yeah. side of the field, it's like, what, like, they should have at least been offsetting penalties, but, um, yeah. Bullshit. Anyway. Welcome to being a Bills fan. <laughs> Welcome to being a Bills fan. Yeah. Your uncle should have warned you that long ago that this was going to happen every week, week in and week out. The Bills were going to have some very suspect plays called against them. Um, well, it depends on what market you need to win. So Yeah, jeez. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Just unbelievable. It was, you know, it's, it's so funny because um, that one play, I will say, kind of went their way was... Uh, Matt Barkley getting destroyed on his first snap from center and left tackle Ryan Bates just got blown, just got blew through in the back, in the backfield. And, and the guy, I can't remember the defensive end for the Jets, but he basically destroyed Matt Barkley from behind and they called it a forward pass when clearly, at least to me, it looked like a fumble. If I were to judge, it, it looked like he was only going forward because the Jets player was knocking it forward. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. That's the only reason it should have been going forward. So I'm like, okay, maybe we got one on that one. But still, that that face mask was so blatant. I mean, it basically stopped McKenzie from moving. Well, he yanked his head around. He yanked his head around. How do you not call that? And what's pissed now that now that okay, it's bringing it back. Now that I think about it, the guy who called the penalty before oh, it was a block in the back. That's what it was. It was a block in the back by I can't remember. Who, which wide receiver it was or whatever. But um, right th- that that uh, line judge was also right there right there in front of McKenzie where the face mask was. So I'm sure he didn't have two flags on him. He couldn't have thrown both at the same. That would have been impressive. But, I mean, still, there's two penalties on the play. And anyway, anyway I'm getting all 
This is a, supposed to be a sweet, sassy, molassy play of the game, Nate. Just calm down. Just keep it together. This is supposed to be a good thing, and now you're getting all fired up. Um, so I'm going to give Jaquan Johnson the sweet, sassy, molassy play of the game with that interception. I know it's called back, but um, we've wanted to see Jaquan Johnson um, – I think I'm saying it, Jaquan, Jaquan Johnson, um, start. He was a six-round pick this year. I believe it was out of Miami, and um, he's just been known as a playmaker. Um, he was one of those late round. He just didn't have he just didn't have elite measurables, so he wasn't like a really like top three-round pick. And um, I don't know. He, he looked good. I mean, if you're going to intercept a pass from starting quarterback Sam Darnold, I mean, I think that that speaks that speaks um, volume to you know how you can look and maybe potentially the future. Again, the depth in this. Bill's defense is great, and um, I think I think he's just one of those uh, one of the prime examples. What about you guys? What what was your uh, sweet sassy molassy play of the game? Do you want to go, Nick? Because you're not normally on. I uh, when it matters, I would say just for pure entertainment value, the play where Duke Williams does the crocodile death roll over the uh, the, the the first down marker. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've never quite seen that before, yeah. and it amused me quite a bit. Yeah, that was good. I do have a runner-up, which was when I glanced over to the uh, Patriots game and watched Tom Brady throw a perfect interception pick six <laughs> to the Dolphins. Oh, yeah. That was also a pretty great play. Yeah. There was a lot of cheering at the, uh, yeah, in the in the audience. That was a good one. Yeah, Duke Williams looked good today. I don't know if we mentioned that. John, who's your, what's your sweet sassy molassy play of the game? Uh, this is a tough one. I think I might go with uh, the Levi Wallace interception. The play got hurt on. Um, I just thought it was comical. Darnold threw the ball and hit, uh, I think it was Johnson in the head and bounced off, and Levi caught it. Yeah. But I That's right. It did bounce off his head. That was pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good call. Good call. Levi Wallace interception. Levi Wallace leaving the game with an ankle injury, and we'll see You know if he'll be back hopefully next week for the, the Bills game. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's go into our wall of famers for today's game. Wall. So um, this is brought to you by um, the great people at the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Um, and uh, Wall of Fame. So there's a, there's a couple of people I'm going to put. So I'm going to go through my first one because you guys might mention my honorary members later. So um, I'm just going to say Duke Williams. I mean, the guy... The guy proved that I think he should, he deserves a roster spot. And I mean, he has a roster spot, but he deserves to be active, I guess, on game day, is what I'm saying. Um, they need to find a way to get him the ball. If you look at, you know, guys like Robert Foster and Isaiah McKenzie, I know they contribute somewhat on special teams. Um, I get that. And, um, and Duke Williams may ne- not necessarily contribute in that same exact way. But, I mean, if you look at the stat line for Robert Foster versus Isaiah McKenzie each week, I mean, it's never even close to adding up to what Duke Williams did in this one game today. So um, Duke Williams is my wall of famer for today's game. John, who are you going to put on your wall of fame? Um, I think I'll be different. I'll go with uh, Trent Murphy. I thought he was applying pressure all day and had a good game. Yeah. I like it. I like Trent Murphy. He's been showing up lately. He's been making some plays. I'm going to piggyback off of uh, that and actually explain it to the whole defense, which goes back to what you were saying, is just the depth of the defense to play against the ones of the Jets. And there's still the backups looking like the normal, for the most part, the normal Bills defense. Uh, so I think I think uh, you know a tip of the hat for, for the defense for sure. Yeah. Or is that a different category? No, no, no. Tip of the hat. Tip of the hat's usually like your 
secondary and tertiary um, well, I'm, wall I'm, of I'm tipping my hat at uh, the, <laughs> the, the the original defense for my wall of fame. You know, you know who we should really give a huge hat tip to, a huge nod, a huge. I mean, he should potentially be on the wall of fame for today. Is Ryan Fitzpatrick? Oh yeah. I mean, Fitz Magic. If this was, I mean, if this was love the Fitz Magic. Uh, how can you not love him? I love him every single time. He's just not playing the Bills. <laughs> and even then, I sometimes struggle with. I still like you. You know, just and he'll throw an interception. It'll be fine, <laughs> even if he's looking good. Yeah. He'll, he'll even it out for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Love, love Fitz Magic. Um, would love to see him retire as a Bill someday. I think he will. Um, but just, I don't know. It was it was cool watching him drive down the field, be fearless, run the ball, and um, just. I don't know. You have to feel that in his heart of hearts. He's like, this helps the Bills. Yeah, I feel like that, right? It would be really nice to beat Tom Brady today. <laughs> I think he's definitely thinking of us. He's, he's definitely, yeah, he's a Buffalo guy. <laughs> How can I help the Bills, right? Because <laughs> this could potentially be, I mean, his, it, it could be his last game of his career. I mean, we don't know. He, Fitz? Yeah. I mean, uh, we don't know he'll where. He'll never die. <laughs> the beard will just keep... Collecting the souls of those he's vanquished. Yeah, what is? <laughs> well, I was gonna go that far. <laughs> little, I was gonna say, by the way, that chin strap barely fit on that huge beard he's got going. It looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> Why even have one? Why even have one at this point? Uh, <laughs> now he'll probably get signed on as a backup for somebody next year. And by the week two, he'll be starting. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. No kidding. No kidding. There's plenty of uh, spots open. Where you know, you know, it's funny. You mentioned the thing of uh, you know heroes. Never quit. It reminds me of that that uh, line from The Sandlot. Remember, kid, there's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Follow your heart, kid. You never go wrong. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, so Wall of Famers are done. Um, let's go into our Wall of Shame for today's game. Shame. 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 Um, I think <laughs> this is, to me, it wasn't one specific player. I mean, how do you choose one from today's game? I mean, the offensive line was pretty rough in, you know, pass protecting. I mean, the offensive line, in my opinion, has been pretty rough pass protecting for Josh Allen at certain points of the season. I know Josh Allen holds on to the ball this long, pretty long. Um, Matt Barkley does not hold on to the ball that long, and he was still getting constant pressure. Um, I'm going to say overall, though, the offense. I mean, you're only scoring six points today i know a lot of that was your second string going against your first string but even when the first string was out it was two three and out drives and it wasn't very impressive um i was really hoping to get some sort of spark some sort of i don't know i just wanted some confidence going into the wild card weekend that this offense um and it doesn't matter i mean anything that happens today really in the grand scheme of things does not affect what happens next week right i mean it's a completely different team it's a completely different week it's a completely different matchup um i just i've i just haven't been truly impressed by the offense this season and i think part of it has to do with just you know the the decisions from up top of either making either making duke williams inactive for most of the games or you know just not playing to the players strengths or weaknesses and the the game plan in general i I just am not happy with a lot of the things and it continued on today and so um, i'm not saying fire fire brian dable i'm not that guy because we've seen worse if you think that firing brian dable will will 
obviously bring you someone better. You weren't there for Rick Dennison a couple of seasons ago, and he was atrocious. And do we really think that they put the full force of game planning behind this? I don't think so. No, I don't. I, I think, don't either. I think that means unquestionably the wall of shame is McDermott for not sitting as starters and having people get injured. So you think so? That's who was on your wall of shame, Sean McDermott. That's a good one. Well, we discussed it earlier. I mean, we, you know, John and I thought you had to be resting the starters, and you wanted to play them, and you know that worked out great. Just play the starters the entire game. <laughs> Don't even let them get substituted out. They need to be on the field for every single snap. No water breaks. <laughs> anyway, so I, I, so I think just that call right there is, is it sets the tone because the rest of it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is we've got a couple injuries that we shouldn't have. Yeah, Kainseki coming back, getting injured, um, possibly re-aggravating. The existing ankle injury by being in there, um, yeah. I don't know, man, because sometimes the the Patriots play their starters. Okay, whatever. All right, you, I'm done. I'm done. You have strong feelings today. <laughs> like you're just. I know. I don't though. I, I'm I'm trying to figure out which one I want, and sometimes you're damned if you do, and sometimes you're damned if you don't. Right. I guess that's what it comes down to. And it's over. <laughs> yeah. These have, guys are injured. We have and, Houston coming up. Yeah. Yeah. On to Houston. Do you have a wall of shame? Yeah. Who's on your wall of shame, John? Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's tough in a game that doesn't mean anything. But yes, I agree, McDermott. Um, and then again, there's always something during the game where Bojack Horseman. <laughs> well, like yeah, exactly. So Horquez. So however it's pronounced, six six something left in the end of the first half, and it's fourth and two on the Jets' forty-five, and they punted for what fifteen yards. It was like a thirty-yard punt. It was something yeah. crazy. It yeah. was an awful. That, punt. That's a that's a go for it play, especially in a game that doesn't matter, right? <laughs> exactly. But so, it's not like it's the first time he's punted. I know, but that's that's Poorly. that's a go for it situation, and, and you didn't. Go Which for he has it. been pretty aggressive this season in going for it on fourth and questionable situations, or fourth and maybe you go for it, maybe you don't. But yeah, this this didn't matter. Just go for it. <laughs> Just test it out. Yeah. Why not? Nothing matters. You should be. You know, I I was talking with you guys during the game while we're watching it, and part of me thinks that, you know, just do an onside kick when they don't expect it, or do a fake punt, or try those. But then I'm like, well, maybe they're saving them for this. The postseason, but then I'm like, are they really? Are we giving them way too much credit? Yes. yes. Think, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that answers it. <laughs> because then, well, why not pull out a fake punt? It doesn't matter. You only do them in practice. Let's do them against a, a side that's not expecting it. So I don't know. Fake field goal, whatever. Do it. Do it for the for the chance just to. Anyway, um, let's go into our wall of famers, wall of shamers from our our followers on Twitter. Let's go into. <laughs> Uh, uh, winner go home writes in anyone care about that game not ctw pod <laughs> it was yeah of course not, not, not care about us that's i appreciate that anyway wall of fame the backup d what a game by the second and third string guys oliver legit and murphy had strong games yep yep agreed there legit legit looked really good um the defensive tackle i thought you misread that i thought you were actually supposed to say oliver is legit oh. but never mind <laughs> Yeah, but that would also be a true statement. <laughs> Oliver is legit, but also legit had a good game. You thought I just had a weird way of pronouncing legit? I really thought you. <laughs> this whole time, all I've done is read legit. I've never actually, <laughs> I've never actually heard anyone say it. <laughs> um, Wall of shame. He has his injuries are a serious concern. Not good, Bob. Uh, Barkley was poor. Hope these reps count if we need him. Let's let's hope. Let's not need him. Let's not. Let's hope we do not need him. If we need him in the playoffs, we we can probably we can call it a, the end of the postseason, well, right? We can if, call it. If he goes in, we are probably not going to win. 
Not against these teams. No, not against. Did you notice that almost all the teams have really good defenses? And we're gonna bring up some stats about the uh, the Houston Texans in a minute, as far as you know their statistics offensively and defensively, and where we match up on them. But um, um, let's see. Uh, let's go into uh, Dave Thorpe. Dave Thorpe writes in um, Wall of Fame. Jaquan Johnson. His pick was overturned, but how did he stay in bounds? That's a good call. That was an amazing interception. Just to just the act of staying in bounds. Um, Duke over 100 yards mentions to TJ Yeldon and Tommy Sweeney and Isaiah McKenzie wall of shame Barkley people wanted to start him over Josh <laughs> yeah that is funny that would there was a small contingency of Bills fans that were not satisfied with Allen so start Barkley um, I think I think I think they pretty much saw what they needed to see but at the same time you know Barkley's playing with a second string offensive line so um, Duke had enough errors to show why he doesn't start um, not necessarily sure I agree with that. Uh, I don't know if you can uh, play back the last 50 minutes of you ranting about Duke. <laughs> you know what? I agree with Dave. I think Duke doesn't uh, hasn't shown enough. <laughs> well, he, he did have some drops. He did have some drops, sure. And Dawson Knox has drops. They don't bench him. <laughs> They'll make him inactive the next week. Well, they, they have even less at tight end than they do receiver. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tommy Sweeney had a good game, five for five. Just saying. Um Injuries, WTF, and the Jets. Um, That's a different podcast. Um, Richard W. Griswold writes in Wall of Fame, Duke Williams, always inactive because dot, 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 SMH. Sweeney, five targets, five receptions, zero drops. Proud of him. Man, he's just he's just speaking into the podcast. We just talked about this. Trent Murphy, two sacks. Corey Legit, six tackles, five solos, two tackles for loss. Legit had a good game. Um, defense mostly, but he has, he's got his entire wall of fame in new era field covered. He's got the defense, uh, mostly backups seated just 271 yards of total offense by the, the Jets offense, the Jets offense, um, you know, run by Adam Gase, who is apparently if he gets fired is going to be out of job for roughly 10 seconds, <laughs> according to his burner account that he created, <laughs> which we talked at length about, um, during the game. If you guys... Haven't read that or um, seen that? Please look um, at our Twitter page. It's one of the last like ten or fifteen tweets that we put out. Basically, there is this um, burner account. It's, it appears that um, Adam Gase made up this account that uh, basically defended him against all of these, you know, different things where people were saying that he should get fired or this and that, and he's just defending himself, like you know, saying that he would be out of a job for only 10 seconds if he got fired, and he's the reason why Jay Cutler was good, or all this, all these things. It was Wait, when was Jay Cutler good? <laughs> exactly. Thank you. <laughs> exactly the point. There. And, you know, anyway. So Amber writes in, Wall of Fame, Fitzpatrick, Pat's loss is a Bills win any day. Duke Williams had mistakes, but was over 100 yards receiving and brought excitement to preseason level of play. Um, wall of shame the rainy weather injuries everywhere wanted trey and josh to go to locker room to avoid slipping on the sidelines <laughs> we don't even want them out there <laughs> don't let them watch good call i like that one amber coming in that was good that was good they got to laugh mostly these guys so when we're when we're recording over skype which is most of the podcast these guys like have their mics on mute not a lot of laughs that one that one got a general uh lol genuine lol i should say um, hey, Wall of Fame, maybe the hat tip um, should go to the fans that came today because if you think about it, I mean, they were there 
you know, in the rain. It did not stop raining. It did look like today. It looked miserable. <laughs> like an awful game. Um, I had the ability to go this to the game, but instead, you know, chose to come to the Delago Casino Resort. And I'm glad I made the decision. You know, hats off to anyone that made that trip. The season ticket holders and the people, you know, that just, you know, came to the game to support the Bills. I mean, you guys, you guys are the real wall of fame there. Kiss up. <laughs> If it seems like I'm pandering to the audience, it's, he is. Be- it's because I am. <laughs> it's because I am pandering. No, to but really, the- to go to that game must have been just. I mean, oh, call out to uh, my wall of fame fan, the uh, the Bills Batman guy. Oh yeah, Bills Batman guy. He was great. He that's a great outfit, dude. There have been some some Bills guys that have come about. There's a there's a Bills guy that dresses up like um, the guy from that Batman movie with the uh, the mask. Bane. Uh, Bane, yes. He dresses up like him. There's a guy that dresses up like Darth Vader in oh, all Bills yeah, apparel. Dar- he was a, he was a runner up for me. He's runner up. Um, but dude, Batman, Bills Batman, dude, find us on Twitter. I might interview you in the off season. That is a legit costume. It's really good. <laughs> I was impressed. Be on Twitter. Somewhere be on Twitter so I can follow you. Um, be on Twitter. Be on Twitter. Be Do on something. Twitter. Dude, Mark Miller is on Twitter, and uh, he follows us. Going down. Dallas is going down. Um, X Megatron writes in, Wall of Fame of the day goes to Miami Dolphins for being the Pats. But in all seriousness, probably Duke Williams. Wall of Shame I'll toss to Barkley. But it was a throwaway game. So, yeah, it was a tough game for Wall of Shame. I won't take um, anyone anyone um seriously with this one i don't blame anyone um mike taylor writes in wall of fame duke williams and the miami dolphins good call wall of shame losing to the patriots last week i'm concerned that miami could put up 27 and we could only put up 10 with a supposedly superior roster um uh that's a good point (laughs) this was a must-win game for the patriots and they couldn't beat the dolphins um in new england mind you this was not in miami so yeah, yeah, that's why I brought it up at the beginning of the, uh, beginning that's of the podcast. That's why they call it Fitzmagic. Yeah. yeah there is true. no explanation. True, but that does give me hope that the Bills can somehow pull off something. You know, uh, both those games that the Bills play, you know, a few plays go the other way, the Bills win them. So I think that's the way for the whole playoffs. I think any particular team that they play, they've shown that they can hold these elite quarterbacks to at least be within reasonable striking distance of, of getting ahead. It's just a matter of, unfortunately, Josh Allen and the offense have to have almost perfect days in order to to keep up from that perspective, which they did against Dallas. Uh, it's just a matter of stringing that all together and and hopefully you know doing that three or four times in a row here in the postseason. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, we're, we're, it's going to be interesting. At least they, we know that they can be in any game that they that they need to be in and and uh yeah so going back to our wall of famers and wall of shamers um alley of new york writes wall of fame duke sweeney and murphy um shame barkley and dable too many calls that were past plays on long situations but why not yeah well i mean none of it matters yeah let's put some fireworks out there yeah i'm okay with that but yeah i again not really not really happy with um the way that uh that Dable called the 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 uh, the game, but you know what's funny is into my mentions after I labeled this today or after I uh, put up the tweet about the Wall of Famers, Wall of Shamers. Um, Brian Douch wrote in. He's he basically what he's saying is he f- booked his flight and hotel for the Bills Texans game. Um, so that's pretty cool. He's he's also assuming that the game won't be late. Um, so um, so yeah, let's hope you booked your uh, your flight out. <laughs> At a reasonable time. But that's cool. Should we be talking about if the Bills win next week, 
against the Texans, should we ta- be talking about getting our, you know, our, our ho- booking our hotel rooms for the for the parade and being ready in downtown uh, Buffalo? For, I mean, just just to be safe, we got to get that parade. Feels like a bit much. It, I mean, we got to think about it though. When does the parade happen? You after can, you beat the Texans, or after you? Well, you got to think. Get of, the AFC. No, championship. the parade happens after you win a Super Bowl. <laughs> Oh, that so, parade. <laughs> so <laughs> you think they're going to do a parade after you win the wild card? So to answer your question, yes, I feel like that's a bit premature. <laughs> but listen, if let's say I'm, I'm thinking ahead, I'm thinking ahead here. If the Bills win again, let's, let's say the Bills go to the Super Bowl, right? There will be people buying up all the hotel rooms in all of downtown Buffalo. You will not find a hotel room even at that point, even before they even win. So at least now. You can book your hotel room. You can cancel it. What, you can, what, what can you cancel a hotel room a week or two before? Probably 24 hours. 24? Yeah, exactly. So we'll know. At least you're in in downtown Buffalo for now. So you're good. <clears throat> so I'm thinking about, seriously, if the Bills win against the Texans, I think I'm going to book a hotel room. You know, it won't be a nice hotel room. It'll be, of course, it could be the nicest hotel room. It doesn't matter. I might cancel it. So More realistically. We'll <laughs> so we're saying that we think the Bills can beat the Texans. Yes. Do you want to talk Bills Texans real quick? Yeah. Let's let's Oh, you don't want to talk I don't about want to the, talk about hotel rooms. You don't want to talk about the Bills parade route? I mean, I got I got friends and family in Buffalo. I don't need to pay for a hotel. Oh, you think I don't have friends and family in Buffalo? John? <laughs> yeah, me too. I, John, do you have friends and family in downtown Buffalo along the parade route? Well, where is the, the parade route going to be? Downtown Buffalo. <laughs> You're not going to go out to the Didn't stadium. you tweet something that it would be in Orchard Park or something? Hey, listen, I tweeted. I tweeted. <laughs> family in Orchard Park. Listen, so. listen. <laughs> I tweeted, you know, a vote. Like, do you think if the Bills had a Super Bowl parade is going to be in downtown Buffalo or Orchard Park? And the reason why I even put up Orchard Park, because I didn't think at all it would be, because I believe all the Super Bowl losses when they had parades were done in downtown Buffalo. We had parades when we lost? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, like... They weren't fun. <laughs> there was a parade, though. Like, I thought it was just, like... Or maybe it was just a... I was just, like... Let's it was try like a, not to kill Norwood. Yeah, okay, parade. Parade is a bit much. They didn't march them through the city. Like, I think they just showed up to talk, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Like, it likes the steps of City yeah, Hall or whatever, yeah, yeah. right? Okay, so it wasn't a parade. Sorry. Okay. Right. But that was in downtown Buffalo. Okay. And there was a crowd cheering them out. Remember, they asked out. They said, we want Scott. We yeah, want yeah, Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I put up this poll. Is it going to be in Orchard Park or downtown Buffalo when the Bills have it? And the only reason I thought Orchard Park is because there is a Facebook event that has over 18,000 people interested where it says, are you going to be there for the Super Bowl parade on February 3rd through 8th? And it says Orchard Park, New York, one Buffalo Bills drive. And I'm like, well, I wouldn't have thought Maybe it would be. Maybe they start in Orchard Park and walk all the way to downtown. downtown. <laughs> 10, 15 miles, right? <laughs> They're going down 290 or whatever, 190. I don't know how to get there, but off the top of my head. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's the only reason I said Orchard Park because I'm like, oh, that would be surprising. But I can see them doing it right near the, like the Sabres, you know, where the Sabres play Key Bank or whatever, just to, you know, be there, be as a part of the Pagula. But anyway, wh- where are we going with this? I, I did so after the Super Bowl, Bills won the Super Bowl. <laughs> after, I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know where we were. I wondered if they're going to beat the Texans. <laughs> oh, if they're going to be. <laughs> Oh, should we talk about the Texans before we talk about the Super Bowl parade, Nick? Yes, yes, we should. <laughs> okay. So the, the the thing that I think is interesting is, uh, you know, the, I think it's best that the Texans are the ones that we get to play because they don't have nearly as good a defense as as some of the other teams, and their offense is fine depending on the day. But it's it's I think our defense 
is far superior to their offense, and our offense needs a little bit of a, you know, layup. Well, let's talk statistics. I mean, you have some rankings on the Houston Texans yeah, so as it stands right now. They're, uh, well, before this week, which I don't even know if you want to add in the stats from this week, but no. uh, their, their defense for yards per game, they're ranked 28th, mm-hmm. which is not good. No. Uh, their offense is ranked 11th. So, so above so, average. So above average. But we've already seen that our defense can handle above average offenses, mm-hmm. um, you know, with with staying within reach of, of the Ravens and and the Patriots both times. So I think I think it's a reasonable matchup that could be an actually fun game to watch. Yeah, the the Texans rankings as far as points for their 18th in the league and points for so um, slightly below average. Um, in that category. Um, so if you want to talk like their breakdown between rushing and passing the ball yardage wise, the um, Texas, if you were, if you were to say, what obviously the Bills' strength is passing or is I'm sorry, it's passing the ball is running the ball. Correct. Right. That's where the bills they're ranked fifth in rushing yardage. Um, the Texans are ranked defensively uh, 20th when it comes to rushing yardage, but they're ranked 30th in passing yardage. So they're, Weakness compared run run to pass would be the passing game, right? Which is unfortunately our weakness. <laughs> yeah, but the the run isn't great either. So the I run is not great. You're it's right. just a matter of ball control and and making sure that they run the game like they did against Dallas, and keep everything in check. And I think they'll be fine. I would like them to run the ball more and just keep Deshaun Watson off the field, right? Because that offense can be explosive. I mean, we've seen them torch the Patriots, one of the best defenses in the league. You know that that when they're Who on, just lost to the Dolphins. <laughs> And when they're on, they're on, and they could, <laughs> they have playmakers that they could potentially, you know, uh, blow up the score. And if the and if it does get to a game where the Texans are scoring twenty four points, I don't know if the Bills can keep up with them. So they need to keep this in a low scoring game. Um, like I mentioned, offensively, if you want to go into the Texans' offensive rankings for passing, they're tenth in the league in passing passing yardage. They are tenth um, in the league in rushing yardage too. So they're both about even. They're both good at either the pass. Um, and the run game, as far as the Bills defense go, I mean, they, they're ranked, you know, we mentioned they're, they're pretty much ranked third in the NFL in both, uh, their second in points for third in total yards, um, in the passing, passing yardage wise, they're third in yardage and, um, in rushing they're 11th in yardage. So, um, obviously they're much better passing. Uh, I, defense. I, I think there's a bit of an outlier there because if you notice the games that they had, like those the, the quick outbreaks, you know, take the Giants game, where the first that first series you thought that the Giants are going to run all over them, and it seems like they do that that first series. They always tend to look like they're getting gashed, and then they they tighten it up. It usually doesn't go for a touchdown, and so it just seems like there's a, some you know outliers there that that I think aren't necessarily pointing to the accurate picture. Well, that's just what the coaching staff's trying to show. They want to make it look like they can't defend your team. And then when you think you have a game plan, then they flip it. This has all been planned <laughs> weeks before the season even started to make sure that nobody has any idea what the Pills are doing. Because Allen's going to come out and be, you know, yeah. Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> this whole entire season. You, yeah, thought, just, you thought he was just, you know. Playing possum, man. It's all part of the strategy. You thought that the Bills wanted to be 27th ranked in passing yardage? Well, you yeah. were wrong. <laughs> they just were leading the whole entire league astray. <laughs> they were just fooling the entire league. All comes down to this. <laughs> you talk about like Belichick's greatest strength as a as a coach is cheating. <laughs> cheating. Yes, number one cheating, but and no- continuing to get caught cheating yet still <laughs> not get punished. <laughs> number two. It's even more admirable. 
<laughs> number number one cheating. Number two, um, taking away a team's their their best weapon, right? So if your best weapon is like, for example, um, DeAndre Hopkins, he'll take away DeAndre Hopkins, right? Or if you're in the Bills' case, Devin Singletary is your best weapon, he'll take away Devin Singletary or John Brown or whatever, right? So the Bills are so much at a higher level of coaching because they'll just make you think that they're bad the first drive. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, well, we can just win the game by doing that. And they're like, no, 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 no. We just let you score just to make you think that you could beat us. But no, no, we're actually really good, and we'll just stop you the rest of the game. So they don't want to do that the whole game, just after the first series. Right. Um, they did that the whole game. That would be problematic, I think. <laughs> then they would be bad. They would be bad. <laughs> they would be bad. It's, they, a, it's a fine line. They would be a Rex Ryan defense. Full of, full of nuance. Full of nuance. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, So the Bills right now, like I mentioned, 27th ranked in passing yardage and um, 5th ranked in rushing yardage. So, I mean, just just I think, you know, just generally we'll just speak in generalities just because I haven't watched the Texans a whole lot. Obviously, I know Deshaun Watson. Watson is a very good quarterback. Um, And is J.J. Watt coming back? J.J. Watt is coming back. And, um, you know, it's funny. I was talking with um, Kyle from bangedupbills.com. You should definitely follow him or follow him on Twitter at bangedupbills. Um cool guy, really nice. He's been on the podcast before, but he's um he's a PT who who knows injuries and he talks about the you know the um, rehab that it takes, the you know how long so if someone can be effective after getting such an injury and he basically JJ Watt tore his pectoral a little over a month ago, right? And so people were like, so I tweeted this out like, oh, this sucks, right? That JJ Watt's going to be back. And some people were like, well, it's not going to matter, right? It does not matter that JJ Watt is back because I'm not worried about about a guy who had a torn pectoral a month ago because that's not long enough to recover from that. And Kyle wrote um basically he's like I wouldn't say that he's not going to be effective at all. He's like even, you know, a guy with, you know, half the uh, mobility of of a normal you know, an elite player like J.J. Watt with half the mobility they normally has on one side is still something that should you should worry about, that you should be threatened by. You can't just take him. And then some people were like, I would take, you know, an average guy at full strength and, you know, an elite guy at, you know, half strength. And I'm like, I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> so, um, but J.J. Watt, so he, he could potentially be a problem, you know, coming up this week. So we'll see. But yeah, so I guess I guess that's that's it. Oh yeah, we got to do our um, Bruce Smith signed football giveaway. So um, want to thank everyone. Actually, um, Nick has a review that he wants to read. I want to thank everyone for leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, it's really, I mean, I know you guys take the time out to do this. Um, like I mentioned before, you guys will be a part of every giveaway that we do on the podcast as a result of this because I know. Um, you know, like I mentioned, you know, it's it's twofold. It helps us to, to reach new listeners. If you look at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, which is one of the most important, you know, podcast um, sites out there, you know, uh, if you if you just type in Buffalo Bills, we're the number one result. So, sir, you know, Buffalo Rumblings Podcast, everyone here does um, a great job of just, you know, uh, just providing content each and every day almost. And, uh, and yeah, so there was actually one that was written – um, by, uh, that, that brought up Nick. We mentioned you haven't been on since August. There was a review that actually mentioned you recently too. It wasn't even like, it was like a few weeks ago, wasn't it? it? Yeah. It wasn't even in like September or August when you came on. It was just recently they brought up your podcast. What did they say? So this is, uh, and, and I hope I don't know this person and, and just forgetting because I would feel terrible. <laughs> uh, but, uh, it's, uh, Jenny Gus 
and says, I found Nate and the crew at the CTW after last season ended and have thoroughly enjoyed the ride this season with them through the whole Sunday wedding crisis. Uh, they keep me updated, entertained, and have a great variety of guests, and I especially like the back and forth of Nate and voiceover Nick. Thanks for all the time and effort you put in each week. Go Bills! Yeah. So it's nice to be uh, name checked. Name checked for man. my limited uh, my limited contributions. Dude, John is on every podcast, and he rarely gets name checked. <laughs> you were in one three months ago, and man, that's impressive. He okay. seems very concerned. <laughs> John wasn't even looking. <laughs> uh, but here's another one I wanted to read because you know I know you guys go through through the effort of um, of writing these, and uh, we we 100 appreciate that. Um, you know, a lot of the people do great work here at Buffalo Rumbling. So um, you know, anytime we're mentioned with Nick Nolan podcast, Mafia Mavens, Rumblings Q and A, Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, Believe, um, you know, it's it is just the highest compliment because we love all those guys. All those people are great podcasters. <laughs> And, you know, they do a great job of, uh, you know, bringing great Bills content. Um, so um, so this was one that was recently written by um, Jose Herrera, 03. He wrote, he wrote, I live in Dallas, Texas with my wife and have been a Bills fan since the 90s. I travel a lot for work and have a lot of downtime between trips. So my wife recommended that I listen to podcasts. That's when I found the Buffalo Rumblings and uh, I became a, a subscriber since. I am a huge fan. He wrote in all caps this. I have to say this. He wrote, I am a huge fan of circling the wagons and love the sassy molassy and wall of fame, wall of shame. Also enjoy the interaction between the hosts with real stats, making it fun and entertaining. Also, I'm a big fan of Bruce Nolan show and the mafia mavens. Keep up the good work. Love listening to you guys. P.S. I'm a Twitter follower and enjoy your tweets. It's been a fun season. Sincerely, Jose Herrera. Thank you so much, Jose, for writing that. I mean, mentioning us with Bruce Nolan show, the mafia mavens and any other shows, like I mentioned earlier is, is a huge compliment to us. I, I was joking around with Matt, um, Matt Warren, you know, the host of the uh, Rumblings Q&A podcast and obviously the editor-in-chief of BuffaloRumblings.com. Um, great Bill's site for anything, Bill's. And, uh, you know, I mentioned to him this weekend, you know, we were, we were exchanging greetings, Merry Christmas, everything. And I was like, you know, I really think that you and Anthony uh, Marino um, do do a great job of putting everything together. You guys have, have created a great culture, even within our podcast. It's not catty. It's not you know every man for themselves. We all try to do our you know. I, what did the bill say? Always one eleven. I don't know. We're like six of us, right? So like one six, right? So we all try to do our one six, and uh, and so yeah, yeah. So uh, appreciate the any any reviews you guys leave. Um, like I mentioned, you'll always be included into the giveaway, and so let's let's do the giveaway. And so this is for the Bruce Smith autograph football that we got tonight that we'll be shipping out to one lucky listener. So that listener, um, and by the way, you have to listen every week too. If you are going to win this, you have to listen and contact me because if, if, if week goes over and nobody claims it, then I'm going to pick another winner next week. So the winner is Miss Molly, MSS Molly, who I believe follows us on Twitter and Instagram. I mean, that's just an easy name to remember. So Miss Molly. MSS Molly is the winner of the Bruce Smith autographed uh, football. I know she's a huge Bills fan. Um, so uh, if you are listening, uh, message me either Facebook, Instagram, um, uh, Twitter, obviously. If you don't have any of those, which I know she does, but like if any of you guys want to, our email address is ctwpod at gmail.com, which some of you guys have emailed me. We really appreciate that. I've um, got an email um, actually through Facebook, but um, 
uh, from another listener that's also from Australia. So we have two listeners in Australia. I think that's a huge deal. Mentioned um, how Sean mentioned how we uh, how he listens to us every morning on the way into work. And uh, over the long bridge that he has to go over, I mentioned some cool things. Really cool guys. He mentioned if we ever come down for a rugby game, we can grab drinks with them. Um, really appreciate that. Sean, if I come down to Australia, it would be nice to know someone. <laughs> Always want to go to Australia. Who doesn't I, want to? I would like to go to Australia. Yeah. What's stopping you? Go. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> He's like, you know what? I will. <laughs> Instead of booking my, my hotel room for downtown Buffalo for the Super Bowl parade, I'm going to be in Australia for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um mss miss molly um just message me and uh and uh i let me know your address and everything and i'll send uh, the signed uh, uh bruce smith signed football over to you and we have other signed footballs that the nice people at delago casino and resort have given to us for giving away for giveaways so um it was funny over over the uh so we mentioned our interview with bruce smith that we had um, earlier in September, they actually had um, a ribbon cum- cutting ceremony with Donovan McNabb, a uh, very famous, um, you know, obviously uh, quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, for the Syracuse Orangemen in the area. Huge guy, guy, might, I don't know, could be a potential Hall of Famer. So um, the nice people over here at Delago Casino Resort gave us, um, you know, three of those signed footballs. So we're going to do some giveaways for those as the season goes on, um, as the off season goes on, you know, appreciate those guys just handing out some awesome swag for the podcast. They don't have to do it. They're just being just, just awesome, uh, group to work with. And they also mentioned, you know, you know, if they do have a celebrity on like that, whether it's a, a former Bills fan or even just, you know, an NFL player like Donovan McNabb, just someone cool, someone interesting that they would, uh, offer us, uh, the ability to interview them because, you know, we want to give you guys a great experience as far as, you know, things that, that that we can do. There are some other podcasts that have interviewed Bills players. We've interviewed current Bills players. But, I mean, very rarely do you get a chance to interview a great like uh, Bruce Smith or potentially even like a Donovan McNabb. So um, so appreciate um, everyone over at Delago Casino Resort. Obviously, thank, um, you know, Paige, Christy, um, the nice folks here that have been so nice to us to, to accommodate us, you know, to record, to watch the games, to talk with fans and all that stuff. That's why I really enjoyed the place I crossed in, in Vegas from where I stayed. It was called Slots of Fun. <laughs> and I think it was like, you know, pennies and quarters and things. Yeah. It was great. That's awesome. Slots of Fun. <laughs> Hopefully I roll a little higher now than back then. But <laughs> Did you have Slots of Fun? <laughs> I had some fun. <laughs> so it did not live up to the name. <laughs> I don't know if I had Slots of Fun, okay. but I had All some right. fun. <laughs> well, you know what? I had Slots of Fun on this podcast with you guys. So it was good. It was good to have you back, Nick. We'll have to have you... Out again, either, you know, in the playoffs or the regular season, Mike still in Florida. Um, anyways, on that note, um, thank you guys for so much for listening. Um, the Bills play the Texans next week. Uh, and the week after that, they're going to play the... Uh... Well, they're going to play, if they're the lowest seed, which they'll probably, the worst seed, I guess, at that point. So, if so, yeah, so New England versus the sixth seed. So, if we assume New England wins, yeah, then we would be playing Baltimore. We'd be playing Baltimore. Houston. After Houston, then New England would be be, but be playing England, KC. If New England lost to the sixth seed, then we would play Kansas City, and then that sixth seed would be playing Baltimore. Yes, but in that scenario, John, the Patriots lose, so that's a great scenario. I'm yeah, okay that, with that. Yeah, either way. Yeah. yeah so that's good. So the Bills will, if the Bills beat the Texans, they'll play the Ravens the week after, most likely. And then, but what's good is if the Pats, even if they beat the sixth seed, they will play the Kansas City Chiefs the next week in KC. And they don't get, as long as the Ravens, if, if the Ravens are 
the team they play in the championship, they will not play another home game because of Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic could have sent Tom Brady off into the sunset. He's today. very sad tonight. <laughs> He's he, how amazing is ah oh man. He, well, got, he got his first gray hair again. <laughs> he lost them all. He, yeah, he, I don't know where they went. They, they, but, they're gone. Uh, I'm pretty sure he got a new one today. <laughs> oh, I love that. Anyway, thank you so much for listening, you guys. We will talk to you after the Bills game next week. Um, the Bills, you know, playoff games. Crazy to even think that we're we're in the playoffs and we're this close. But next week we're going to talk to you after the Bills playoff game. So pay attention to the recap after that. Hopefully, we're talking about a Bills win. And uh, talking about the the game thereafter. So signing off for John. I love you. Go Bills. (laughs) For Nick. I only like you. Go Bills. (laughs) For me, Nate. Nate, Nick, this is why we don't have you on more often. (laughs) You ever wonder why you're just, it doesn't matter, not not so, (laughs) not mattering, Nick. Uh, This is why. Um, Go Bills. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills.